You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Growlix Nights, the Growlix Podcast Live Show. I'm Randy. I'm Melanie. And I'm Jesse. What's going on, everybody? We've got an exciting show. It's it's so exciting. Woo! We're going to talk about some news items. Because I figured it's been a while since we did news on the show. Reacted the news. Entertainment I'm ready. News. I'm ready for that. And There's uh, some stuff, too. I was just seeing some stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, what we watched. But first, how are you two doing? I'm pretty good. Doing well. Thumbs up. Yeah. I do for the video, and then I have to explain that to the audio listeners. Thumbs up, audio. Thumbs up, people that listen to just words. Okay, well, man, let's get right to it then. Let's talk a little bit about what we've been watching, because I know Melanie and I, for one, have been watching some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know Jesse's been watching a little bit of weird stuff. I'm hot off the weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Let's talk a little bit about the new bigness, the big new show, Archive 81. You know, there's probably people listening like, wait, what? That's the new big show? <laughs> it's big. It's so big, guys. Hey, Netflix's top list wouldn't lie. Pretty sure. So, yeah, Archive 81, a new show on Netflix. Just this last week or so, it released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Based on a podcast, which is actually a podcast I don't know how far I had gotten into, but I listened to years ago. It's an audio drama type podcast, and I really liked it. And I don't remember what happened, why I fell off. Is it off. called Archive 81? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it reminded me of a podcast I started listening to that I fell off of, too, called The Black Tapes. Right. I remember The Black Tapes, too. That one tricked me for a couple of episodes. No, it's kind of a similar type thing. And in fact, the Archive 81 creators have done a couple other series that are also of similar premise. Mm-hmm. I think they did the Deep Archives, which is probably like a similar, maybe slightly tangentially connected thing. And then, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but they are actually launching a new show, audio show, a new podcast in February with, again, a very similar premise, but different. Hey, I think they're good at that kind of thing, and they apparently enjoy doing it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say, like, I like how the audio factors into the show. Like, it feels like it has podcast roots because of the weird, like, even the score does a weird wobble. The kind of thing that oh, you man. would, like, try to get rid of <laughs> right, on, right. on edit.com. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're... If your podcast sounded like that, I'd wonder why you're recording on old cassette tapes, but right or reel to reel. But hey, that's I guess kind of cool in its own right. Okay, well, that's definitely something I want to talk about. So the TV show, it's been so long since I listened to the podcast, I don't know. I'm sure it's different. And I feel like there's probably a bigger reliance on video versus what they had in the podcast. I know there's some differences. Like I don't think the main character was like a media restorer. I'm sure there's a better title for that. You know, he like restores old tape and film and stuff like that. 
I feel like in the podcast, yes, I think in the podcast, he was like, it was audio specific kind of, and it was more like just cataloging, right? As opposed to like restoring. Oh, so I think making the leap to a visual medium is this super smart change to go with. But you're right about the wobbles, like even in the score, not even when there's like the flashback stuff in the score, when it's your present day, occasionally, yeah, the whole score won't tape wobble. And it's I like how kind of ingrained in the medium that they're kind of exploring is in the presentation. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Yeah, like he'll just be like going down an elevator or something and they'll have this score that just wobbles. And it's just mm-hmm. like, why? He's doing nothing important, but it adds this tension that's kind of fun. The whole thing has this tension and we're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to need a nap later, but I can't sleep because it's creepy. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I like about it is he's not you're like, yeah, he's not doing anything, but you never really know because... At any point in time, I'm like, where is he? What is he doing? Is he there or is he somewhere else? Or is he there? You know, you never know what's happening for sure. What's real and what's a dream and what's what. So if anybody doesn't know, the premise is, and I don't think I knew this was going to be a show until it was like releasing, but I was excited when I heard about it because it's a solid premise. Basically, the TV show Archivist or whatever is hired to go to this place bunker research facility whatever it is he can't leave he's got no internet connection and he's got to restore these tapes these old kind of burn up tapes i will call bs on part of it because vhs cassette tapes any of those tapes the magnetic tape inside of that is going to melt in a fire before the outside actually gets melted (laughs) right but whatever i guess if you actually burnt the tapes you got no show right but so his job is to restore it. And Melanie and I binged this in two days. We mm-hmm. watched the whole season. Oh, wow. So I'll be very careful not to give spoilers. But as established in the first episode, and this is one of the things I'd remembered from the podcast as well, is it bounces, the narrative bounces between the guy we're following, our main character, and the tapes that he's watching are of a woman doing like interviews focused around this apartment building in New York for whatever reason. And that's kind of a weird, creepy apartment building. And so then the show does like part of the show. We follow her at first. It's through the tapes, but then we actually get like, we go back to the nineties, 94. I think so. Yeah. And the show follows her too. So it bounces between then and now. And so that's kind of the, we get our two central characters are him and then her back in 94. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of what's a way I can put it mind bending ideas yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I, I really like the tone, the tone and the atmosphere of it. The acting in general, I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I want to say that one of the characters in this is like the best friend anybody could ever have. Right, right. Because, uh, yeah, what a pain in the butt his friend is, and he just puts up with it. <laughs> There's right. an, yeah, I found an article the other day and I agree with it. I feel like this isn't too much spoiler, but talking about how the main character is the worst friend. He's just not a good friend. That's clear. Even in the first episode, it's just like the one guy is just like asking him to go do things, you know, and mm-hmm. checking up on him and just like, hey, man, call me if you need anything. 
<laughs> and the only time this guy calls him is to deal with the thing he's obsessed with. So yeah. he's like, hey, can you Google this thing? And he's like, yeah, I'll be your Google, I guess. <laughs> so not to give away spoilers, but that doesn't stop after the first episode. That's right. pretty much their dynamic. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And like his friend is a, seems like kind of a, you know, he's a cocky guy, but he seems like a good friend. And the main character just doesn't ever seem trusting, really, of him for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he had some issues in his past. And when you have those issues, you always maybe assume that other people think badly of you or something like that. Right. And so that's, I think, where that comes from. I don't think that he necessarily really doesn't trust him. He just doesn't trust how he thinks of him. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I, I think the main character is played interestingly, mm-hmm. and he's kind of interestingly written. Mm-hmm. Hey, Savannah, what's going on? That's okay. We're late every day. Yep. Or, I mean, every Thursday. So I will say, I don't know how close the mystery is to whatever was in the podcast, but I remember nothing from the podcast beyond the initial premise. And the TV show, the first season, you discover lots as the season goes, at least for me, did not because you know the risk of a mystery especially like a mind bending mystery is when you find out more about what's actually going on that right. it, it can sometimes be disappointing i don't feel like i was ever really disappointed Mm-mm. so that's good even when you find out kind of what's going on they still add extra stuff to it you know there's so much lore mm-hmm. there's so much lore building throughout the whole season mm-hmm. so without spoiling is this thing Prime to continue? Um, yes. I feel like the end of the first season could, for the most part, feel complete, except for a pretty big cliffhanger that intentionally, like, obviously are like, there could be more. We got more for you. So, yeah, it's definitely set up for a second season. And given how popular it apparently seems to be, they'll cancel it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> They're going to cancel it. It seems promising that there's going to be another season. Of course, or no they found word. out we like it. So there's going to be three seasons. The second season, it's going to take a massive dive. And oh. most people won't even finish the third season. I'm looking at you, Sabrina. Yeah. Then they're going to start putting in musical numbers. And- yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> it was three where they took the dive and then four when nobody watched. Right. Is that because we liked two. Right. Yeah, it was three where it started taking a dive. Savannah, we're talking about Archive 81 on Netflix. Yeah. But I never know. I mean, I guess if you hear that it's popular, but like that one show, The Dances with Wolf show, that I really liked, but I didn't think anybody else did. But now they're coming out with the second season. So apparently they did. So Dances with Wolves, you're talking about Boba Fett, right? (laughs) No, I was talking about... (laughs) Raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. I heard no one else talk about it, but apparently it's getting a second season. Well, Archive 81, it's not even a case of, I've heard a bunch of people talking about it. Well, Paul, who's not watching tonight, but Paul has talked about it to me. And I was like, I know Melanie and I have already finished the season. But there's articles, and it's constantly on Netflix's like number one list when you pull up the app or whatever. Um. So... That almost feels like whether or not those are accurate because Netflix isn't beholden to like give us true information on what their top 10 most watched and whatever. But 
I assume it's what they're pushing hardest as well. So mm-hmm. if they're pushing it hard, then it's probably doing well. Yeah. They tend to, I don't know. They don't push things hard that aren't doing well that they don't plan on continuing, you know? Or they didn't spend a whole bunch of money on. Right. And this got like their featured slot for a while, I noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, just for audio listeners, because it's a good point. Savannah said she knew we were talking about Netflix because Jesse joked about the show getting canceled. <laughs> I mean, that's what they do, though, you know? That's the only downside to Cobra Kai being moved to it uh, was like, hmm, I know what happens. Right. <laughs> it gets massive it's- exposure. Lots of people like it. And they're like, you know what? We don't have enough money for this show that people really like. It's true, though. I remember reading some article or something about it wasn't any definitive like information. It was just like observing the trend of the shows they canceled. And unless you're like Stranger Things or, you know, one of their wildly successful shows, you get a second season. Great. If you make it to three, that's probably about as far as you're going to get, even if it's still popular. Right. Of course, there are, you know, exceptions like Ozark, I think, got four. Right. But that's it. I don't think we're going to get a lot of shows that survive three, four seasons. You know what they need? They need a like, they need a cartoon for teenagers, adults that's anti everything good or something like South Park or what's the other one with the yellow people, the pokey heads, Simpsons. Simpsons. <laughs> um, that's going to go for like 30 years. That's what they need. I think they've tried, but I don't think they've really landed on anything that's, you know, like a Rick and Morty yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think the company Netflix is opposed to having long running series, but they have some weird formula that they like this amount of views versus this cost to produce versus like, even if it's doing well with current viewers, is it bringing in new subscribers? I bet they have like very specific formula and metrics that they follow. And, and that like, business oh. model is really working for them, isn't it? <laughs> right. I was thinking they were trying to do the like HBO Sopranos and, you know, all the other things they do where they're like, if we do it too long, it's going to turn crap. So let's end it why it's good kind of a thing. Except that didn't work for the Dragons show. Well, the Dragon show is like the complete opposite. It's not that Game of Thrones went too long. It's that they wanted to wrap it up too soon. They rushed a bunch of stuff at the end, I feel, is the problem with that. Yeah. Which is weird. But maybe that's, you know, maybe that's partially HBO, too, because that, that is a super expensive That was show. an ex- Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. that as far as shows go, that's got to be some coin to make. Mm-hmm. And everybody steals HBO anyway. We'll get to more on Netflix a little bit later. So, yeah, Jesse, you watched the first episode of Archive 81. You seem to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it was creepy. I don't know that Holly would like it. She either really would like it or she would not like it because it's too creepy. So. Mm-hmm. Got some good creepy stuff in it. I appreciated yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they hurt any animals. Spoilers. There's a poor rat that his tail gets hit. Oh, oh. But <laughs> his friend. Yeah, yeah. He, he's fine. The rat's okay. That's scary, too, by the way. I had it happen to me once when I was a kid with the mouse, and I tried to release it because I felt bad for it, and it freaking tried to attack me. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't no. mess with a rat. We don't have to go too deep into it, but Melanie and I. Oh, first, we finished Doom Patrol, the most recent season, season Mm -hmm. three, I think. Mm -hmm. Doom Patrol is great. If you're not watching Doom Patrol, I don't know what you're doing. And it's got, what's her name? It's got Missy. That's right. She's a time traveler in this season, right? Uh She's a time traveler. There is is 
one Doctor Who reference. I don't remember what it was offhand, but yes. there was a Doctor Who reference. And she's good. It's interesting. I guess it's a little bit like, actually, I feel like she gets hired on to shows as a villain, but nobody can like stand to keep her totally villainous. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about Missy and you think about her character on Sabrina, she's both a villain at times, but also a friendly or an ally or right. whatever. Always likable. And this is the case here. Is she a villain? Sometimes. Is she not a villain? Sometimes. Like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say we get range from her, but no, it's the same range we always get. <laughs> she plays everything. But, all the time. Why mess with it? If it's yeah. not broke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say about this season, there's a couple times, and it's not bad, but there's like, the show's really good at once in a while throwing just wild sequences, memorable things, and sometimes they're stupid. And the first season had the big, like, donkey fart or something but it was a donkey that had a town (laughs) inside of it or something weird but there was also like a cool fight sequence with some like german leader hosen wearing people just weird visual stuff or season two had the sex ghosts with the sex men (laughs) but i feel like this season tried to have a couple of those and they just didn't really work they felt more like what's weird we need a weird thing whereas the Uh, other ones were just i don't know weird but good ideas so this time it had artists Ooh. oh yeah there's pretentious artists i want to say that's fun but it's not it's too cringy because they're just pretentious artists but but they're pretentious artists with powers i'm just a sucker for the show because it's weird because it is the premise of the show oh sure depressed people with superpower they're not quite superheroes because they're kind of depressed and crappy at everything they do and And their powers are kind of dangerous Right. Or dumb. And that's the show. It's really, and this is not a criticism, there's usually some weird, big, lofty ideas or plot line, but the driving force, every episode is like, so-and-so's, you know, mental issues, whatever Mm -hmm. their current baggage is they're dealing with, and that's what the show's all about. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a sucker for it. It's good. It works. It's like real world super edition. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I mean... It's a superhero team where most of the time they're just sitting there complaining about how depressed they are. It's like, okay, I like that. Mm -hmm. Or how much they hate each other. Yeah, they're just loathing, loathing. They just hate everything all the time. Mm -hmm. Not enough to do anything about it. They just hate it. And I don't know how they ever save the day or anything because they're almost always screwing up. But still, it works out in the end eventually somehow. So, yeah. So that's fun stuff. Doom Patrol still gets a strong recommend. I hope it's coming back for another season. I could kind of see them leaving it where they left it. Mm -hmm. But if they came back for another season, they set up, you know what? I don't want to give spoilers. So yeah, character spoilers anyway. Oh, has anyone watched Peacemaker? (gasps) Yeah, we did. I forgot about that. I haven't touched it yet, but I know there's three seasons or four now. I don't know. Yeah, we watched the first three episodes because they dropped one two and three off the bat and then the fourth i think is probably went up today i think thursdays melanie because i feel like i've been talking a lot i'm sorry what do yeah. you think of peacemaker it's dumb but it's fun it's better than i would expect for starring a wrestler but that's about it i mean no i like it it's fun but i'm just saying if i had to choose a superhero show it probably wouldn't be the one that i choose. And it's beginning 
you know, the credit. The, oh, the intro. I hate yeah. the intro. Just the intro credit sequence. Mm-hmm. It's them doing a dance, but it's bad. I don't like it. Like, I get what the joke's supposed to be, but the dance is so bad. I can't stand it. Yeah, I like it, though. I like the show a lot. I think it's good. I don't know how much of the season James Gunn wrote, but I think he wrote the first three episodes anyway mm-hmm. and directed at least one in three. I didn't notice the director credit on the second episode. So it's got that kind of James Gunnness, and not necessarily toned down either. It's adult. It's very adult. I don't think it's as good as the Suicide Squad movie, but mm-hmm. it's fun in a similar way, mm-hmm. except it's more embracing... Maybe it's because of it's more embracing like the white trash <laughs> a little bit like mm-hmm. uh, Peacemaker. They they make him a little kind of white trash and it makes sense because they set up his dad as a super racist villain, basically. Mm-hmm. And also like he's really and the show is really into his time period and it's a little before our time. It's still it's like 80s, mid 80s. I don't know. It, it, hair metal. Yeah, it's hair metal. It's embracing the hair metal vibe. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. But it's also like there are characters that aren't that, you know, like he's got to interact with. There's several characters from the movie that worked in with Amanda Waller. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. People in the office he's got to interact with. They did, though, I mean, given slight spoilers for Suicide Squad that they kind of turned him into the better villain of the movie, really. I feel like it's a credit to John Cena, but also like the way he's written is he's kind of likable, though. Like in the show, he just seems he's not a good guy, but he's a little dumb and like weirdly sensitive at times that mm-hmm. it kind of makes him, at least for me, a little likable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I it's guess he's likable, but I feel more than anything, he's kind of pathetic, which is maybe what's supposed to make him likable. Yeah. But I don't necessarily like that kind of likable. I mean, I feel for him, but I'm like, you don't really need your dad's approval when your dad's a D-bag. Right. I don't know. That's just me, though. So he didn't handle it the same way that Kingpin handled it. Hmm? Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. It involved a hammer. Oh, no, no, no. No. (laughs) No, his dad's still around. It doesn't pull punches. (laughs) That's for sure. Well, and it's also like... It's ridiculous. At one point, he has this like kind of sidekick that he doesn't seem to really like that comes around. The sidekick's a pretty great character because the sidekick is like clearly just a psychopath. Could talk about like, you know, we don't kill people because we're bad people. We kill people because they hurt people or they are selling drugs or they're doing graffiti. That's why I kill people. And like, so it's like, <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah. It feels more like the world of super. Like, do you remember the James Gunn movie Super where it's like more grounded because I mean, there's some like kind of sci fi comic booky stuff, but most of the characters we're following, they don't have superpowers really. But it's also like they're supposed to be superheroes, but everyone's kind of horrible people (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's ultra violent. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got that tone going. It's interesting that this is the thing that's kind of like the best Cena, you know, like because mm-hmm. Cena's been tacked into some movies and he's done fine. He's been funny, but 
Like nothing that's really like, man, this is his breakout. You know, he's been on things like the Bumblebee movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. just kind of a hammy villain military guy. But mm-hmm. this is like, okay. And he was notoriously a face, like Hulk Hogan in the 80s level of face, right? Mm-hmm. And people were like, man, he just does the same thing every single time. It got stale. It became a joke because he was on the Fruity Pebbles box. So everybody was like, yeah, he's just Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, see, I don't know any of his wrestling stuff. I just know, I mean, he's the guy from the memes. Like, he's John Cena that I know is right. just meme. But he seems to have embraced that, which is super smart. Some people he's get weird about funny. it. He's super funny. He's got some good comedic timing, you know. And right. I feel like they don't let him do that as much in the wrestling world. But he's done some fun promo work that isn't set in the wwe it's confusing they have this southpaw wrestling that's just like a parody of wrestling and he plays one of the announcers and he's just ridiculous Mm -hmm. and he's great at that so it's like why don't you guys let him do that and that's kind of what he does with his peacemaker character a little bit it seems like he just has that weird dry but funny delivery yeah i was like i said i don't expect much from wrestlers I mean, look at every other wrestler in a movie, and I am including The Rock, even though I know he's been in a lot of stuff by now, so he has to have improved a little bit at least. But for the most part, they are crap. He's right. actually, I mean, he can act at least a little. I mean, it's not just, oh, yeah, oh, whoa. I mean, no, I don't know. It's not just the stupid <laughs> crap. I that love most... that sound that you just made. That was amazing. But you know how most wrestlers are. They don't, it's all the same. That He actually has shows emotion other than he's got range like the rock is good in movies if it's the right kind of movie but he's just pure charisma mm-hmm. right john cena has charisma but like jesse pointed out he's got good comedic timing and i feel like this show really kind of plays to his strengths but he also does have some range he handles the serious stuff well he handles mm-hmm. the when he's supposed to like the sincere stuff comes across as well and there's a scene where at one point, like, he thinks he's alone. It ends up being a good joke, so I'm not going to give it away. But he just starts blubbering and just crying, which is also an interesting character moment because he mentions Rick Flag. That's his name. Oh, yeah. He's got some conflict in there. Sure. But I, I feel like even though they end up turning that whole moment into kind of like a setup for kind of a joke, I feel like it works. He pulls it all off. They're not necessarily giving him anything that he hasn't been able to handle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Man, Peacemaker. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I had forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I wanted Melanie to talk about it first because I know I think I liked it a lot more than she did. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's more of a boy movie. I'm pretty positive, you know. Right. Yeah, and I'm not wild about the Suicide Squad, James Gunn. He had, like, interesting music stuff. This has got the same type of thing, except it's, like, hair metal or like 80s kind of glammy rock and that's not really my thing but he picked a theme here it is this is the theme this is the music's gonna be all this what's like cobra kai you're gonna get d snyder (laughs) you're gonna get twisted sister you're gonna get some foreigner peacemaker and johnny would hang oh yeah they would love hanging out yeah yeah 
they're very similar characters. Mm-hmm. Johnny would make fun of that thing on his head, though. <laughs> <laughs> And then Peacemaker would make fun of his headband. So it'd be, man, make that happen. (laughs) I want some of that. That actually really works. Jesse, did you watch anything else? Okay, so I watched Boba Fett. I'm all caught up on that. I don't know where you guys are. I think we're still behind. I don't, yeah, I think we're still back on two. We haven't caught the last two episodes. So don't want to say more about that then. Maybe then, we watched the third episode. I can't remember. It was, was a cool new cameo. Maybe that was an episode two. Wait, which was the one with the ridiculous 50 styled speeder bite that don't look like they belong in. A okay. Okay. That's three. That's yeah, three. yeah. Yeah. We watched yeah. That. We've seen that one. So you got to see uh, the rancor. Yes. Yeah. The rancor beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for Boba Fett. I guess <laughs> that was last and, week though. And Danny um, Trejo. Danny Trejo as a Rancor Beast trainer. Yes. Yeah. I thought of my brother immediately. Jake, that's all Jake ever wanted was the Rancor Beast. I think that's the only thing he cared about in the entirety of the Star Wars universe. Was <laughs> the Rancor Beast. <laughs> the monster that lived under Jabba the Hutt's throne. <laughs> There's rumor that... You know, so-and-so used to write him. I want to write it. Like, he's, he's so <laughs> on board. So much. If there is one thing that I love about Boba Fett, this series, it's how much he loves animals. Like, he really loves animals in this show. It's great. Right. Mm-hmm. Even the dog he tries to choke out in the first episode, he's just like, no hard feelings, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I was curious. I'm not sure... So are all of the Tuscan Raiders, are they all gone now? No. I mean, there's different tribes is the thing. Okay. Right. Okay. But yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a. Downer. That was a. Yeah. Elbow to the yeah. ribs. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that sucks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Never going to see what they look like under those masks. <laughs> well, especially since this has some of my favorite bits, you know, they're really heavily explored in the first three episodes first two mm-hmm. in particular but yeah mm-hmm. well melanie and i also the last thing i think we have to mention that we've been watching and we've ate up a good chunk of this podcast just talking about stuff we've been watching we're two episodes from finishing brand new cherry flavor which is a netflix series that came out a little while ago it's a limited series so it's just going to be the one season we have two episodes left but we binge through <laughs> six of the eight in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. And it's cherry super, flavored. I still don't really like the title. Mm-hmm. Other than maybe I guess it's the attitude. Like the title is not really. I think she says it at one point when she's mixing up some concoction, and okay. she's like, "It's a brand new cherry flavor," and then hands it over. But it's made of like I don't know, like toad and plant and whatever other random crap. So it takes place early nineties. I love how not specific, you know, it pops up. Usually it'll be like 1994, like Archive 81 or whatever. No, it's just early 90s on the way to L.A. That's where you start. And (laughs) our main character is a young filmmaker lady who has made a short film and is going to meet with some producer guy in L.A. And, you know, they work out a deal, but... As things go, and I'm actually a little disappointed it went this way, given like what it kind of seemed like they were setting up, but 
young woman meeting with a Hollywood producer. He's kind of a sleaze bag, ends up screwing her over a little bit. This is all first episode setup stuff, so I'm not really spoiling too much. But I want to say enough to maybe hook people if it sounds like something they'd be interested in. So she had come across this lady who was like, I can make people hurt for you. It's very clear she's some kind of like witch or demon, not your friendly Wiccan, you know, she's like a witch or a demon or something and deals with curses. And by the end of the first episode, our main character throws up a kitten. <laughs> yep. So there you go. There's the hook. There's uh, lots of kittens being thrown up by people. They just throw up a kitten. Uh huh. And they even named an oddly them. specific spell. <laughs> That's how you pay, I guess. Yeah. I didn't ever maybe puke what, a kitten. I didn't ever catch what the kitten represents, like what it is she's taking from her when she makes her vomit kittens. Um, One of her nine lives? I guess. That's yeah, maybe. what I thought too, but yeah. But she she's always surrounded by cats. So you know the witch lady, yeah. Yeah. But we burned Are they really episodes. cats though? Or are they children that like Hansel and Gretel? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's turned into cats that could later be puked up. Totally. Like a cat would. <laughs> Man, they even like name check Cronenberg at one point. Cause you know, <laughs> of course they do. And later in the season, it goes so oh. uncomfortably Cronenberg. I'm like, I don't even think I've ever watched a Cronenberg movie that made me feel this uncomfortable with this oh, wow. weird stuff that's happening. Yeah. It's real weird. Mm -hmm. And because this is a Grolix, I can't even, if I wanted to, I don't think I could really describe what we're talking about. No, I don't want to describe it anyway. It's gross. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> but tonally, the show's super interesting because it's like kind of hip, but it's funny. Like it's, I wouldn't call it a comedy at all, but it's funny. The characters are amusing. The second episode, the main character is like, tripped out most of the time and the acting's really good her facial reactions just is very amusing to me but it's makes for such a weird tone because it's like oh this is kind of a fun show but at the same time you're like at any time something really horrible could happen or a demon could burst in out of the wall or some gore thing could happen like it's just so it's very strange mm -hmm. I like it I mean if that sounds interesting to you you're gonna love it if that just sounds repulsive to you, you're not going to love it. No, I love it. And I would recommend it to a lot of my friends and your grandma. My grandma actually would have really liked it. I think the witch lady is played by Catherine Keener. I don't remember. Kenner. She's really good. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of like the way she portrays it. So it's like this witch lady. She looks appropriately homeless, kind of homeless, but like also like, is she homeless or is it style? You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, appropriate for an L.A. witch, I think. But she's not like, oh, my dearie, give me this or whatever, blah, blah, blah. She's like <laughs> the most relaxed and pleasant and just like carefree person. Mm. And it's so interesting to have like you got your witch characters just like, oh, don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to go down to here. And like, it's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. hmm. Cool show. It is. I like it. We got two episodes left. We'll probably watch them tonight. We will. <laughs> okay. We're quite a ways into this. Do we mm. want to run through news real quick or we want to talk about something else? Mm, is there anything that's real important? Everything. <laughs> and nothing. It's entertainment news. None of this is really important. Mm -hmm. 
but I did want to mention Robert Pattinson's The Batman runs nearly three hours with credits. Oh, goodness. So the Batman clocked in at, this is according to, let's see, The Hollywood Reporter reported this today. Insiders at Warner Brothers confirmed that it is two hours and 55 minutes. That includes about eight minutes of credits. That makes it the longest time of any solo Batman movie and one of the longest theatrical superhero movies. I noticed they made a point of theatrical because Justice League Snyder Cut does not count. It's not theatrical. Yeah, the longest just after Avengers Endgame. But is it going to be as good as Avengers Endgame? Because that movie was, I would argue, too long. I had to go to the bathroom, and I usually don't during movies. Endgame was very long. (laughs) And not even as good as its predecessor. Three hours seems long for a Batman movie. I wonder, like, I don't know if it was in this or something else, but I'd seen somebody that worked on it said, it's almost a horror movie, this Batman movie, which tells me it's got probably horror-like themes, and it's dark, but not necessarily a straight-up horror movie because it's a Batman movie. But that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that Sling and Murphy played. Scarecrow? Yeah, that kind of seemed horror-ish to me, too. All the coolest Batman stuff lends itself so well to horror, though. That's true. Like his villains, even Joker, like the best ones. Is Zaz involved in this? Is that something I heard? I'm not sure. Almost three hours long. I'm going to guess they're going to throw a couple villains in there, right? Well, right. I know Penguin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think Penguin. Yeah, because I've seen stills. Of, is it Colin Farrell? Yeah. 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 Like, Who I'm not particularly a fan of, but I wouldn't have known it was him based no. on the look. And Riddler seems to be kind of the big villain they were pushing a little bit. I felt completely the opposite about that still. I was like, what are they doing with the Riddler? It's very strange. They're just never going to get the Riddler right, are they? Just never. They're just not going to even try for anything classic. They're just going to go, well, let's try this. Oh, and maybe Zaz, or maybe they're just taking Riddler in a very different way, but they were partially inspired by like the Zodiac Killer. So maybe that's kind of where the, the Zaz idea yeah, is Zaz, from. Zaz would work well there because right. his weird, you know, make a mark every time. Hmm. I mean, I'm down for a horror Batman movie, but I feel like maybe they should wait it a little while. It's a little I, soon after all the Justice League stuff. Right. Well, you know. Also, I'd seen other articles that Robert Pattinson initially thought he was horrible in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming maybe... That in first that he came around to his performance in it, but what a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> you showed such range in, in the Twilight Saga. <laughs> He's so weird, man. Was he not happy with the weird nonsensical accent he came up with for this one? Because that seems to be what he does in a lot of his other movies. Yeah. You're no Benicio Del Toro, okay? You don't get to just make up your own accent and call it a character. <laughs> He, he was probably like, well, Christian Bale already took what I was going to do. <laughs> the gravelly voice, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hardy, he talks weird, too. He does. He does. He does. Not necessarily to, to a movie's benefit. Just no. But I guess he makes it interesting. Tom Hardy, he, 
Yeah, he needs to keep doing questionable movies so that you can at least be like, well, Tom Hardy was interesting. He did a weird thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. If anything about the Venom movies are seeing anything, it's just like how jittery and weird he acts. It's like, you know what? He wouldn't pull that off in a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, but he's doing it in this. And I was like, you know, Eddie Brock is more interesting than the alien is. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. That's, That's pretty good. Okay, real quick, Screamcast. Scream came out. I think it did well. I don't know if it's good. I'm not a huge Scream fan. Screamcast didn't know who Killer was. Quote, we all had different scripts. And I just mention it because I'm always amused when they do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I feel like since Scream 2 or 3, which was early days internet, really, the script got leaked. And they probably have done similar things for everyone they've made since then. Oh, sure. But yeah, it's the thing of apparently everyone got like different scripts and in some scripts, different characters died. And then they did the thing where that when they were filming, they'd have them deliver the same lines, but like with different tones, sometimes they'd be like, okay, now do it. But like ominously. Oh yeah. It could be, they had all these options in case something leaked and they're just like, nope, well we were prepared to go another way. But I always am amused by that kind of thing. That's actually pretty smart because it doesn't necessarily have to be that something got leaked. It could be they're just going to look at them and be like, okay, who has the best performance as the bad guy or as the victim, you know, Mm -hmm. and choose it that way afterward, which is the smart way to do it, I think. Another thing, this ties into what we were talking about earlier. Netflix raises prices on all plans in U.S. Mm. If you're a new customer, it's already in effect. If you're an existing customer, I believe next month it goes up. It ranges from a dollar to two dollars depending on the plan. And the standard plan, which I think is what I have, HD two screens, is going up from thirteen ninety nine to fifteen forty nine. If you have the premium plan, which is four K video up to four screens, it's going up from eighteen to twenty dollars, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, starting to get pricey there. And they also have the basic plan if you're a cheapie and don't care about HD video, which is a killer for me. No, mm-hmm. no HD. One screen is $9.99. That's not bad. We've been doing the show long enough. We've talked about Netflix price increases at least once or twice. And it, it never feels really... like stamps at this point. It's just like price stamps went up again. Yeah. Yeah. It never really bugged me. And I can't remember what I said. I remember last time there was an increase. I was just like, well, until it hits this amount, I don't care. But I don't remember what that amount was. I was going to say, I think it was like $15, but I think that was wrong. I feel like if it hits 20, I'll definitely be like, hmm. Right. 1549 is getting up there. So in a couple of years, it'll be at 20. The thing that Netflix does is they do continually put out new stuff. Like I'm constantly surprised by what they're going to put up. You know, I don't know what my lame duck is right now. It might be Disney but Disney's doing pretty well about making sure that there's some new Marvel or Star Wars or something that I need to see. Mm -hmm. But other than that, there's not a lot of stuff in their back catalog that I'm dying to rewatch. You don't like Fuzz Bucket? What's that? Fuzz Bucket. (laughs) Fuzz fuzz Bucket. Not enough to watch it and watch it and watch it. They want to destroy the sun. No (laughs) life. Every time that that skit, Jesse, you sent it to me. That skit is burned in my brain. So <laughs> it comes up every so often around the house. <laughs> Fuzz bucket. 
it's a, i'm not gonna explain it no, no. <laughs> it's so good though uh, we can tell my head it's goofy it's goofy saying that Ooh. yeah it's a skit i can't remember the guy's name just search it up uh it was uh, about disney brock, plus brock something yeah <laughs> i want my money <laughs> this is this a joke to you <laughs> damien <laughs> so where's, good where's my money it's one of the best <laughs> i love that i love that that's a, a thing you guys say <laughs> it's a yeah. thing i say yeah. i occasionally do too but yeah you do way more <laughs> well because i have to say it if you're here then i say it at you well people if you want to know a secret of a long and happy relationship it's in jokes okay. <laughs> that's true that's true the boys diabolical first footage cartoon spinoff is anything but child's play. I didn't know this was a thing, but yeah, apparently there is a cartoon spinoff of the boys, which the Amazon really? prime show or prime video. Whatever so they it. saw that invincible did really well and they thought maybe it seems unnecessary though. It does. Yeah. Blood guts and babies. Those I don't from- think those are three things that should go together. I don't know what this is, but does that okay, make a hit? Satan, okay. maybe. So, according to IndieWire.com, Diabolical is set within the Boys universe, based on the New York Times best-selling comic book series. The spinoff features quote fun-sized episodes end quote with each episode between twelve and fourteen minutes long. Garth Ennis is among the writers on it. He did huh. the original comic. Oh, okay, yeah. Andy Samberg, Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen, Garth Ennis. Aisha Tyler, a whole bunch of people are among the writers on it. A sneak peek of Diabolical introduces fans to Laser Baby, a giggling toddler girl who can make enemies' heads explode at the blink of an eye. Yeah, I mean, if you followed boys, they introduced at one point these super infants who are just babies, so they don't have Mm -hmm. any whatever, but one gets used as a weapon at one point and is pointed at people and people die. So I'm guessing the preview, I watched just a moment of it, is using that idea, but this seems very strange. Yeah. So it's just a cartoon about the babies with superpowers. <laughs> it sounds like a joke. We're like, what if the boys and Muppet babies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that it's all going to be about babies. It might Girl, be bye-bye. <laughs> and then they blow something up. There was a teaser for season three of the boys a little while ago, and it wasn't anything amazing, but Man, The Boys is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twisted superhero shows. There's so many of them now, and I'm enjoying them. <laughs> Actually, mm-hmm. Prime is probably the one I would cancel. But I like getting things fast from Amazon. Right. They have that weird thing. It's like yeah. no no other service has that. So <laughs> It's like, yeah. hey, you can get things fast and watch TV. I'm like, I like both those things. Yeah. How did Amazon get that job? Because... Wasn't Netflix the one that used to deliver stuff to your house? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. DVDs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, They'd always be scratched. Always. <laughs> I bet a lot of people still have Netflix DVDs at their house. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Up until recently, my mom was still getting the DVD service, but it's not called Netflix or anything. It's like something else. I don't know what it was called. But it was like, yeah, they oh changed my God, the name. And still in the red envelopes and everything. It just had a different name. Oh, those were the times. Or were they? I don't know. Those were times. They were times. Okay, one more quick story. 
And this one's just for Jesse. Cobra Kai's Martin Cove launches Cobra Cove's podcast. Uh, premiering today. Oh, yeah? The actor that plays John Kreese is going to have a new podcast in which, let's see, what does he say here? This is, again, another one from IndieWire. Not all my stories are from IndieWire, I swear. He will break down his character in the Cobra Coves podcast alongside his children, fraternal twins, Jesse and Rachel, as they recap the Netflix series, which premiered its fourth season in December. He's just going to talk about Kreese? (laughs) It sounds like he's going to talk about Kreese, but also, like, recap the series with his kids they're probably oh, okay. gonna do a watch through or something you know sure okay all right i, I wonder know. if this is produced by netflix though because i know they've had other podcasts i don't know why you can't just access them through their app maybe you can on the phone i didn't know netflix had podcasts i don't know if this is actually anything to do with netflix because he could just go do this on his own or whatever right. i'm gonna yeah. guess maybe it's more that yeah that sounds right because he does cameo on the side and he's got his own like CBD oil line called Cobra something or Cobra Cove. I don't know. Hmm. Netflix noted in May of 2021 that expanding into the audio space was a natural next step. Somebody with Netflix had told uh, LA times podcasts are an excellent way for fans to connect with our stories and talent. Our marketing team plans to make more of them. I'm kind of surprised they haven't pushed it. Although I think there have been other shows that have had like supplemental podcast, mm-hmm. official podcast produced for them. But I don't know where, I'm assuming they just probably go out where podcasts live with all the other podcasts on mm-hmm. Apple and Spotify and Google Podcasts, where you can also find our show, The Grolix Podcast, right. or Cut to the Chase and skip all that Netflix crap and just go to GrawlixPodcast.com at G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com to listen to more of this fine show. Mm-hmm. Why hear actors talking about the shows they're in when you could hear nobody's talking about watching those same shows you could you <laughs> could listen to me talk about that show yep. on cover nerd whenever it comes out because i just recorded it last weekend so did you yeah yeah we talked about season four all the season fourness it's fun because we do predictions each time some of them we nail on the head and i'm like how did you get that like lee made some bizarro predictions for season four and he was spot on and i was like i wouldn't have predicted that at all but you nailed it you got it exactly so maybe he had some inside knowledge maybe he did well last weekend i also recorded a podcast i know we both mentioned these podcasts last week but neither (laughs) of these episodes are actually out yet so not yet uh, also keep an eye out for moose's monster mash episode in which i joined him and Billy to discuss some of the top horror movies of 2021. And they totally did. I mean, they brought me on because they knew, they knew I have, I was going to say, do you, are, and you haven't spoken to them since. And I have nobody heard from them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, Oh, it was a long episode. I'll tell you that. Like, I don't know yeah. how much it's going to get trimmed down. Probably not a lot. It's a long episode, but no, it was a good conversation. And, I think Moose maybe was hoping for a little bit more spirited, like, have at you. But uh, (laughs) no, I was friendly about it. And they were good about it, too. It wasn't like just getting up on Randy because he doesn't like James Wan movies. (laughs) He doesn't. Paul even had to throw that in today. He's like, Uh, Paul messaged me earlier about Archive 81. And he's like, it's produced by James Wan. I was like, I noticed that. But you know what? (laughs) 
I liked it because it didn't seem like his normal stuff. It seemed, I don't know, like a head intelligence. But uh, the shots are still being fired. But you're not going to hear that on the podcast. It was a nice. You'll only hear it here. (laughs) But, you know, I still maintain like, yeah, listen, it's good. It's good. Go listen to it. We talked about Malignant. No bows were thrown. (laughs) Hey, Melanie. Hey, yeah. I feel like. I could really use something amazing. Oh, how about a little hemp? (laughs) (laughs) Because. (laughs) Wasn't right for that. Okay, sorry. I had to mute for a second. Woo, you about killed me with that one. Sorry. Yeah, some Canadian researchers published in the journal ACS Nano that supercapacitors made from the waste fibers of hemp may be on par with or better than commercial graphene-based devices. So basically, they heated up leftover fiber found inside of a hemp stalk and used it to make carbon nanosheets. They called it pseudographing, and it can operate at a wide range of temperatures and store a lot of energy when it's very lightweight. And then when using it to build like a super capacitor, they found that it could store 12 watt hours per kilogram of energy. That's higher than most commercially available super capacitors right now which is crazy. And they cost only like a thousandth of the price of regular graphene to make. And it's all recyclable, which is all good things. And then there was another researcher that took their findings, tested it and compared it with the performance of lithium batteries and the hemp batteries actually perform much better. Maybe I distracted you or maybe because you about knocked me out with that reply. They're making weed batteries. That's the headline. You're making batteries out of hemp. That's amazing. Hemp, not the other, because these have no psychoactive substances in it. It's just the stock. They're boring batteries, but they're still. Yeah, but they're, you know, so it's environmentally friendly and, you know, cheaper to make, works better and is not bad for the environment. I mean, I don't see how they couldn't roll ahead with this as soon as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is. Pretty incredible. When you told me this last night and you're like, hemp batteries, I was like, what? How? What? Better than graphene. You guys were just telling us how amazing graphene was just months ago. It is amazing. And I was like, well, hemp, cheaper. Is there anything hemp can do? But the one paper has been peer-reviewed. The other research that I was talking about at the end where he compared it to the lithium, that hasn't been redone yet. But if it is and his findings are true, it says that they're eight times more efficient than lithium batteries. And that's nuts. That is, yeah, pretty wild. Cool. So I'm looking forward to that. And imagine you could have your car run on hemp. Yeah, it's interesting. Man, they probably could have been using hemp for all kinds of wild stuff by now. But because it's got that slight connection, it's been mm-hmm. very underutilized. You want to know something else I found out during research for that little thing? Sure. Henry Ford built a car out of hemp fibers and it ran on hemp biofuel. You know why you can't find a car like that anymore? <laughs> I can guess. You can't afford it. Uh-huh. That, that wasn't what I guessed. <laughs> no, that was definitely not the joke I was expecting. <laughs> uh, probably should have, but yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Melanie. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. That mm-hmm. was amazing. And you almost killed Randy. I know. It was crazy amazing. I, not really. <laughs> I knew the story she was going to do, but I was not expecting that reply. It's so good. Uh. <laughs> it would be burying the lead so far, but like the name of name of this podcast episode being 
what about hemp? But that would ruin the joke. Although they would spend the entire episode waiting for what? What about, what about an it? hour in and I haven't heard anything about it. <laughs> Come on, guys. What's this clickbait? Right. <sighs> okay, Jesse, you mentioned Covert Nerd. Do you have anything else to mention before we go? No, I think that's it. And okay. I don't know when that'll be coming out, but I would assume it's coming soon. Right. Well, I just want to say shout out to Savannah, our cat dancing Patreon tier. You too can become a cat dancer or just get all the pizza. If you don't want to spend $10 a month, you support us with mm-hmm. as low as a yeah. dollar a month and you'll get bonus stuff. You or patronize for, us. Wait, you, that's wrong. That's the wrong word. You patronizing me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you can support us at a cat dancing tier and get us a shout out like Savannah's getting right now. Cat dancing Savannah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is the weirdest shout out we've ever done mm-hmm. yeah she's sleeping by now <laughs> go to patreon.com slash podcast otherwise that's all i got so have a good weekend everybody yep enjoy enjoy your lives enjoy your lives i was trying to think if there's anything special coming up enjoy nope just the <laughs> end end of january enjoy the end of that bye everybody stay safe Thank you for listening to Grawlix Nights, the Grawlix Podcast live show. The Grawlix Podcast is hosted by Jesse Kiefer, Melanie Crawford, and Randall Sylvie. Produced by Randall Sylvie and edited by Melanie Crawford. Be sure to check out our live streams at grawlixpodcast.com slash live. Currently, we stream weekly Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For links, grawlixpodcast.com slash live. How about a little hemp?